the first thing out of people's mouth when they think about success in advertising and marketing is how big their company is. And it's such a horrible proxy for success. It should be, are you doing great work? Are you profitable? Are you having fun? Uh, but for some reason, and I was part of that, I fell for it, that you gotta be big to be mm. successful. With the open world we live in, and the sharing world we live in, the sharing economy, it's just, it's just counter culture. Hey everyone, welcome to the VetCast. Today I'm joined with Ryan Gill, who's the CEO and founder of Communo, and they're doing really exciting things in the marketing space at a global level. So, Ryan, good to be with you, man. Man, thanks for having me on your show. It's exciting. I've seen you guys uh, used to be in our building here. Totally. And you've moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, it's been fun to watch your journey, and it's cool to be on your show. And uh, yeah, Communo, that's that's my, my latest endeavor. So you've done a huge breadth of things in the marketing space and, and been in business ownership from what, from what I can tell most of your life. Can you give me kind of a rundown as far as how did this start? And, and then we'll jump into Communo. So we'll go way back um, in 2000 started. A, I worked for a, a, a firm called Media Matos in, in the late nineties, but then uh, I left that business with two business partners and we started a digital shop called suitcase interactive, which we ran for about, 11 or 12 years and uh, saw it through some pretty challenging times where we almost lost the business and pulled it off the ground um, and saved the business and then ended up selling it in 2011 to my now business partner Chris Neeland who owned a company called Watermark Advertising at the time and um, yeah that was a crazy journey learned a lot from that you learn way more uh, about business and and what to do and what not to do from failure. And so we had a lot of, we had a really great business, great clients, great team, but we didn't know how to make money. And, uh, and now I help guys like you and other people that I connect with, uh, not from a spirit of any ego, but from humility of what I did wrong. And so I learned a lot in that first 10 years. And then the second 10 years, you know, we started Cult, which still runs today. I'm, I'm a co-founder and partner in that business. I don't operate it anymore. It would be, I guess, what you call the entrepreneurial dream of build a great team don't build companies build leaders and we built leaders and they run that company now I still own half of it and I get lucky to be brought in once in a while on it um, it's a fantastic firm that's doing better without me uh, along the way we also will get into I'm sure we but we started an event called the gathering which you, you've been to right last yeah. year once or twice once yeah last year what do you think it was awesome, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's a mind-blowing experience. It's a spiritual experience, I think, which is not, that's a weird word to use in business, but that's what people feel when they leave there. Mm -hmm. that, you know, when people go to events, we'll get into the gather and explain to people what it's all about here, but when people go to events or conferences, you go looking for answers. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, what we offer up is people don't leave with answers from our event. They leave with more questions. That's what's happened the last 10 years is built cult built the gathering and then about three years ago you know I started to get bored I really started to become self-aware that I'm a founder I'm not an operator and so I was you know seven years into running cult and the gathering and I felt like I needed to do something new and um, there's a big problem in the world of advertising marketing is there's this sense we've had lots of talks about this Andrew that the first thing out of people's mouth when they think about success in advertising and marketing is how big their company is. 
And it's such a horrible proxy for success. It should be, are you doing great work? Are you profitable? Are you having fun? Uh, but for some reason, and I was part of that, I fell for it, that you got to be big to be mm. successful. And with the open world we live in and the sharing world we live in, the sharing economy, it's just, it's just counter culture. So I thought of this company, it was called Collective at the time, but now it's called Communo, which you mentioned at the very beginning. So this is a long answer to your question. Um, we wanted to build a platform to allow companies that are small to feel big and to scale up and down really fast. Um, and I wanted to feel like if I could press an easy button and make that team appear and then be vetted and they're really good, uh, could we build that? And so we went on that mission about three years ago. And then I really, I think I found my calling in life. And, uh, so it was more than just a platform to give and get work. Um, we really found our purpose and my purpose in life is to eradicate loneliness for this industry. I want to ask you, when you mentioned that you were doing some inner work as far as I'm not, I'm not an operator, though I can be. I'm a founder. What, is that, what does that mean It's, it's actually very freeing because when you realize you're not supposed to do everything, um, you start to get let go of the pride and ego around that I can do everything. I'm the man. Where it's like, no, I'm not the man. I'm the man at this one thing. And so I'm a great zero to one guy. It's like, I, I'm, I'm exceptional at it. I'm one of the best in, at that. I know that. And that's not ego when it's true. It's been a, it's been a journey. Business is a journey. And you, you learn, again, like I said earlier, you learn way more from failures than you do from successes. Yeah. Celebrate successes, move on. But, you know, I can't stand when people just talk about what they did in the past. You know, it's like, what have you done for me lately? And I want to be that same person. So yeah. um, I'm always looking to the next thing. When you talked about uh, the specialized talent that it is to start things and to start things well, um, when you're looking at building up leaders and finding them, what are some of the challenges there and what do you look for? It's, it's the hardest job for any business is to find great talent, first of all, but to find great leaders even harder. The, the leaders that I look for, first of all, you have to look for humility. And often humility comes in the form of the first 30 minutes, 60 minutes, maybe first couple interviews, those leaders are talking about areas where they uh, failed in their past and they own it. I got fired. It sounds like things like I got fired from this company. I was uh, an alcoholic at one time and I just about ruined my life. A guy, Brad Foster, that works for me, he's, he's the president of Communo now. He talks openly about his alcohol addiction. That, that's, that's a leader to me, right? This, all this vulnerability and humility, but then how they spin it around and they turn it into a story of overcoming. That's leadership and that's peop people like to follow people that aren't, aren't perfect people. Even if you do the best hiring and the best interviewing and you think you're good at it, I still think you get it right 51% of the time, sure. hopefully. Yeah. And then just be really good at firing them. Yeah. You gotta just, if it doesn't work, uh, you know, they're, they're gone, yeah. What is Communo and I guess what, what started, what fueled the response of like, we need this? The problem is, the future is not full-time employees. That's the biggest problem. It could, it's too expensive. Cut, clients aren't willing to pay you know, retainers anymore or long-term ones where you need multiple year retainers to have full-time employees. So the future, and then talent, people, the guys you have here, they're, they're gonna wanna do different things. And so as business owners, at really, like we work with Converse, we work with Beats by Dre, we work with the biggest brands in the world. It's not just small agencies that are thinking this way. Everyone's going this way, that the future is contingent, the future is freelancers, freelancers are gonna be in charge. You're gonna not just choose who to see a good cameraman or an editor. Yeah. Um, are they good? Do they have the best equipment? But do I like working with them? 
And that's the thing about compatibility is the big thing I'm trying to crack. That if you want to go real deep on what Camino's long-term vision is, we're building something called CQ, compatibility quotient, which is, you know, um, they got to be able to do what the person needs them to do. Do they have the talent, the expertise? Do they live close or do you want them in another city? What do you need from a job perspective specifics? Mm -hmm. But then we're going to start match it more and feel like a Tinder or a, yeah, you know, a match.com that do I get along with this person? Are they a fit for my company's culture? Um, we can do that. It's going to take time. So AI machine learning, we're building into the platform. And so it'll be very cool that it won't just be job specific. So say Vec labs is on there mm. almost like a Spotify playlist. Once a week, you'll get served up 10 people that they mm. seem like they'd be a fit for you. Here's Jill. Here's Johnny. You know, they, they, they have all the skills you need. Um, but they also seem like a good fit for your culture. How cool is that? 100%. That's so d deep. Like uh, our team, we started taking really seriously, like going out for a retreat for like seven days and just sitting there and having the crucial conversations. And like the whole idea of a performance review and all of this stuff just totally flipped on its face. You know, what we realized we need to have crucial conversations where we call each other out on our bullshit, to be frank. And we actually take that away so that we can go and do excellent work together. The key thing about feedback is not about getting something off your chest. Like, hey, Riley, I'm pissed at you, or hey, Andrew, I'm it's, it's, you can be pissed, but how are you making them better? How, you, could, you know, it's gotta be about how can you improve their life and how can you help them understand and be more self-aware. Mm -hmm. um, and help, and that, that takes work and effort rather than, and, and there isn't, doesn't mean there isn't a time to get stuff off your chest, but I think that's a pretty selfish way to give feedback. If you actually really care about the person, mm. you need to think about it. And uh, and so I'm getting Dude. better at that too. It's, it's heavy. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah, not just for a selfish reason of, hey, I want to feel better. Yes, and, and you'll find it, it, it lands better yeah. when people say, listen, I'm, I want to give you some feedback about this shitty thing you did because I think it makes you look bad or, you know, in it, or it, yeah, it affected me, yes, but it makes you look bad in front of the team, or you know, yeah, uh, it doesn't. It can even be simple stuff. I don't like that edit, and you know, I was afraid to tell you that I didn't like that edit because I thought it hurt your feelings, and you got to get over that. You got to make me feel more comfortable to be, tell you that that edit's shitty, um, because then if I can feel free to tell you that, then you'll be a better editor. You wear a lot of your heart on your sleeve yeah. with your businesses. Have you always been that way? You know, you don't want to be entitled in anything in life. I'm a big believer. It's like, nothing, we're not promised. We're not owed anything to, from anyone, not our parents, not anyone. You really got to earn it yourself and, and be thankful for what you have. Mm. But you also have to walk that, walk that balance. My, my COO hears me talk like that often. She's like, but you can go to unworthiness, right? And so then you can be like, well, then I'm not worthy. And so you got to have that balance of, you know, you shouldn't be entitled, but you are entitled to, yeah. you are worthy, right? Yeah. Um, and so, um, so when it comes to wearing my heart on my sleeve, I, yes. Um, but I think I can be also pretty hard to work for. And I, I expect a lot. It's results that matter, right? And so give me someone that works 10 hours a week and get results. I'll take them all day long over someone that works 60 hours a week and comes and tells me, well, I work really hard. Well, two things. Number one, you're probably not good because you're not getting results. Number yeah. two, you're egotistical because you want to shout about how 
how hard you're working, and number three, no one cares. Right? Just get the results. I like the idea of a world where people are actually on the right seat on the bus and doing something they're passionate about, they're good, they're good at, and taking this whole idea of like the common work mentality just away. Because well, it gonna, is about the results. Well, it's going to be different because AI and a lot of the common jobs are going to be taken away. And so yeah. you're going to have to get results and not be cool with like doing not a lot of work. And I, I'm a bad example of sometimes what my goal this year is to do, knock it out of the park on the things that I'm responsible for yeah. and have people say at the end of the year, what did you do? And I'll be like, not much. Yeah. Hell yeah. I did a few very important things. I made a few very important decisions yeah. and uh, they they uh they worked out sometimes people get it twisted like i'm at this 21 years now yeah. and some people want they want their middle to look like my end right or my yeah know, 21 years are. they want their three and that's just not gonna happen i was talking to a guy the other day and i think he'd be at his business uh, this retail business a month or two months and he was talking to me about how he's gonna sell it and I didn't say anything at the time. I was just like, it wasn't the time or place. But if I knew him better, I'd be like, what? Check you're, you've already lost. <laughs> yeah, if you think you're going to sell this thing yeah. anytime soon, you're even to have that mindset is not there. And same with, with Camino for me. I'm not looking. We had opportunities to sell this this summer, and we, I'm not even there yet. Uh, we got a lot of work to do. And I just wanted to share this with you. Is that That's something that we've ebbed into our team. And it was just like, I don't want to, I truly don't. I don't, I don't want any business in how people r run their life or live their life or where their time is. And so we just have an honor system as far as vacation days and time off and all of that stuff. And the only expectation is that Vec Labs wins. That when we do something, we do it well. And that was something that's very recent because I had to go through some personal shit that was really hard for me, yep. you know? And, Good. Uh, Good. You know, I came up Hard on end. Good. Yeah, I came up on the other side, but the yeah. reality of it was that I needed to, uh, you know, I, I thought my own shit didn't stink, man. Like, it, and I, yeah. I had to get humbled. So well, and it's good because it everyone's does. Yeah, uh, perfection is death. So there's this great. I don't know where I heard that, but I love that perfection is death. And if you're going for perfection, it's just this stiff, rigid thing that it's unattainable in life right yeah. and 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 i think that once you realize that everyone's like that you you just then just are worried about yourself you know hundreds of people have worked for me in the city and i feel sorry for half of them because they caught me as a leader in the first half right and um and they i was a bad leader i was an entitled leader i was not inspirational i've said that many times and some of them come up to me and say no, you weren't. It was the best. And so, but I'm saying half of them. I think a lot of other those that don't watch will look at me and say he's a dick or he's this or that, and and, and it's too bad. And then they judge people uh, that they can't change. And and I I've changed. And, and what cool. did change? The humility, humility. Yeah. Um, and but that you have to sometimes get humbled. It's way better to humble yourself than to be humbled. But I went through very close to bankruptcy, you know, losing friendships and clients over it and just just overextending myself, dragging people along for the ride. That entitlement thing was there of like, well, I said it's this and here's my vision and everyone should just buy in and go and it's not right for everyone and rather than inspiration and inspiring people to come along. And so mm. I think I've changed from being an entitled leader and expecting everyone to be uh, followed just because I say so to inspiring leader of like, 
you make the choice if you want in. And then if you're in, I expect high standards. And uh, since then, haven't been perfect, but I give myself like a A minus yeah. on and treating people well, and, and it pays off, right? Yeah. And I said earlier, I'm not into, I don't, you talked about all the companies I've started and I'm building, but I don't build companies anymore. I build leaders. And if you start to do that, then you can, the companies take care of themselves. You, you mentioned it's a spiritual experience with the gathering. Let's yeah. dig into that. What is the gathering for those who don't know? Um, where is it now? Where's it going? Yeah, the gathering was an idea that when we started cult, we, we, we very narrow, we had a very narrow niche. We only work with cult brands or, or cult, uh, aspiring brands. And yeah. We went from being a traditional agency that's worked with everyone to only working with cult brands. So you go from having literally millions of potential clients to having maybe a couple hundred globally. And so number one, that's expensive to go find them all and, and to attract them all. So uh, I was talking to someone at the, at the Grammys, actually, that I knew. And his name's Scott Goldman. And he said, you know, the Grammys was invented, right? Like they just invented it and made the award up and then people came. And they said, you should do that for cult like create an award because these brands behind us here have done pretty incredible things with they've become more than brands have become movements and mm -hmm. cultural centerpieces of our society and people um you know it, it's part of their life and so we just made up a uh, an award and invited a hundred brands the first year sent out an envelope and we celebrate cur cur courage and doing things different we don't celebrate advertising per se right yeah. The greatest cult brands in the world spend way less on advertising. They still advertise, but just way less. And so we wanted to celebrate courage and, uh, you know, owned media, things like that. And so um, we invited 165, I think the number was 67. Mm -hmm. People responded saying they allowed their name to stand and they would come and come to this unknown award show. And that's all it was at the beginning. Award show and then maybe talk about the company. You know, the, and so the first year we had Red Bull... Harley Davidson, it was insane. Like it, wow, it was in the Las Vegas, I think came. It was crazy the first year, and it was only supposed to be a one-off thing that we would just have these cult brands rather than us talking about cult and how good it is to build a cult brand. Just put cult brands on stage and have them tell people what genius. it's like. To be so a cult brand. simply genius. <laughs> yeah. like and so <laughs> we had 250 people come the first year. I think I uh, bribed 200 of them. Like personally, and like just to fill the room, and but it took off, and we we delivered on it. It was, and then it really is. It's cool to be part of a story like this because I always dreamed about being. Then it became the the people that come. It, they loved it, and they made it what it is. And you've been there now. It's got to feel that spiritual because it doesn't matter what's happening on stage. It's what happens in the audience. Mm. And like I said, you don't come looking for answers. You come looking to find more questions to ask. Yeah. And so everyone there is a seeker of truth for their business, for their uh, life outside of business. You know, I really said in one of the in part of the speech at the, at the very end of the three days at the gala that you know um, the people accepting these awards, the CEOs, the founders, the CMOs that are com coming up here on the stage, they really don't want the limelight, and they're usually the ones that stay late uh, at work and miss dinner for the fifth time with their family to mentor someone who's crying in their office or, you know, they're on another plane when they miss, the, you know, their kids, you know, football game, mm -hmm. things like that. Those are sacrifices. And you look at those people that are about to come as bad dads, bad moms, but no, they're sacrificing a lot to help all of us and inspire all of us and mm -hmm. help. And so we really honor 
not just, you know, Netflix or Fender or Doritos, but we honor the people behind them and, and the people that are about to walk on the stage have been at it 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 10 years, mm -hmm. and they've sacrificed a lot and they deserve to be honored. And so this silly award we made up eight years ago now has lots of meaning mm. and it cuts through the noise of creativity. Who's the most creative? Who are the best ad to? Who's the best humans behind these brands? And often these best, these brands behind us, the reason why they're great, not often, it's always the reason, is great people built them, right? They're, they're people behind the brands. And so that's who we honor. And, you know, we talk a lot at the gathering. We have lots of great talks. And you've been there. There's amazing talks about what Spotify did with their brand or what Levi's did and, and cool marketing campaigns. And they're all good, but I think everyone really likes the story of that CMO, how they got there. So the gathering's always been about uh, celebrating courage, um, uh, celebrating this community of, of courageous and brave people, and then um, just hearing stories. And, and um, we always say, just, just come looking to give when you come to the gathering. Don't, like, just put your business card away and just, mm. just learn about other people. And, and we've succeeded. And now it's, a, you know, I think we'll hopefully have about 10,000 people online this year. What advice would you give to uh, leaders who are, just starting in the in the marketing and advertising space, maybe they got a couple couple people they're working with, they're they're trying to do the deal in in this in this age right now. What what would you say to them? People come to me now, and and this is I say this with humility, like it's weird people say they want to get to my level. Yeah, I was always the guy that but it's was true. Like, I want to get to that level. Yeah, and yeah. so it's back to humbling of like, okay, what would I say, or how did I get here? Because I was one of those people. First and foremost, I'll say the older I get and the longer I've been doing this, the less I know. Uh, but there's a few things I do know for sure. And uh, one of the things, one of my Ryanisms is uh, stop trying to look important and just be important. And the look important part will take care of itself. That's a powerful one. I know it's my quote. I made it up. Most people steal quotes from elsewhere. I was like, that just came to me one day out of watching people yeah, that are true. trying to rise up, trying to look important and like posture and position. It's like... Why? Just be important. Like, make that light perfect. Like, if yeah. you're a lighting guy or that yeah, grip, whatever, like, whatever, it doesn't matter the smallest job. I notice. I've had people that have worked at the gathering that have been volunteers at the lowest level. I notice now they work for me and they're senior people in the shop, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing is you gotta have accountability. Like, you gotta open yourself up to that and get a group of gals, guys, whatever it is and open yourself up to them and talk about your failures or things you talked about you went through a tough time like the more open the more you drag your darkness into the light the the you know your own darkness that you struggle with mm -hmm. the less scary it becomes and the less it has a hold on you and so i just you know i do that on a constant basis and i have for probably 20 years it just took me a long time i didn't listen to my mentors until uh, or people that kept me accountable and so um yeah make the then the more um, open you can be about that accountability and, and what you don't want to be or what you want to be um, it, it helps and uh, case in point when the gathering when I had the idea for the gathering mm -hmm. and, and the team helped build it out um, the, the thing I did for accountability because I wanted to pull it off everyone talks about I want to do an event or do this or that and so I knew the gathering was going to be hard so one thing I did early on back to accountability is uh, we picked the date and we picked the venue and I put a deposit on the venue and the date, and then we told people about it, that it was happening. So now all of a sudden, 
It's happening. We're accountable to it. It's happening. Yeah. And we put up a website and had no clue what we were doing. Zero clue. And so we knew we had an idea and we thought it was good, but then it, it just forces you. That's public accountability. Uh, I don't think everyone has to do that. Sure. But there's power in it. And then thirdly, um, I think you should always have a partner. I don't, lone wolves, I invest in a lot of businesses. I'll never invest in a, a partner. I think one, uh, two is great, three is better even. But two can be great if it's a, you know, but having uh, a partner in your business is so important. Trying to do it on your own is, is difficult. So if you can get someone that is aligned with your values, that's gold. And, you know, you're going to have someone to lean on. And so having business partners is one of the key things that don't think you need to know it all. Dude, it's been a great conversation. It's been fun to talk about a lot of things. And uh, I'll definitely be going to that gathering. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you, man. Okay. Appreciate your time. Yeah. yeah.